Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Edward Willows. And once again, welcome to Gab and Cabin. And today I have a guest that I have to tell you, I am really excited about. Not only is she an icon in the entertainment business, she is from one of the most iconic shows that has ever been on television from the 1960s big CBS hit Family Affair. And I cannot believe this. I am talking to sissy Kathy Garver. Kathy, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. And I am talking to Mark. Oh, boy. What an honor it is to be talking to you. And, you know, before we start, I have to tell you this, because we are going to touch base on all of this. Just listen to this, folks. Uh, besides being Sissy on Family Affair, she was cast by Cecil B. DeMille in the film The Ten Commandments. She later provided the voice of Firestar in the animated television series Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. She co-authored five books, lends her voice and talent to a lot of stuff and married 40 years. Girl, we need to talk. <laughs> How do you do it all? Well, you know, and it's so interesting to me that all these things are kind of uh, coalescing because it's a very celebratory year. So mm -hmm. it is the 65th anniversary of Ten Commandments. Odd to me, Mark, because you know I'm 39. I guess it's the uh, magic <laughs> of Hollywood. Me too. <laughs> but it is the 65th anniversary. It is the 55th anniversary of Family Affair. It is my 40th wedding anniversary. So all these things uh, are just well, great here, to celebrate. Here's to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, I need to ask you, obviously, everybody knows you as Sissy Davis from Family Affair. And back in the day when you got the call that you got the job, what was it like? And more importantly, what was it like playing Sissy? I mean, working with veterans, Brian Keats, Sebastian Cabot, uh, Johnny Whitaker, Anissa Jones, uh, Nancy Walker, all these people. And you were just thrown into this doing an excellent job all the seasons. How how do you feel about that? I feel great. And to answer the first part of your question, I was at UCLA and I was in a sorority house, Pi Phi. And all of a sudden I getting the phone call uh, from my agent and she said, oh, he says, you, you got this part on Family Affair. You're going to be on a television series. I said, yay, yay. And all the girls go, yay, yay. And they said, a couple, a couple caveats, you know, never wear that. I, I did it at screen test for them. They said, never wear that dress again and never have that wig again. And I said, that's fine with me. Oh, Mark, when I did this testing, you should have seen this dress. I look like Alice in Wonderland. It's like blue and white check dress and like this long blonde wig that we got from Max Factor. Mm -hmm. So they decided, well, she's okay, but hey, the, the, the hair and wardrobe's got to go. Now, when you were at UCLA, was this a dream of yours to be an actress or did this sort of just all fall into place? Well, I had been acting or, or at least been in the entertainment business like you mm -hmm. since I was three years old. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was at the Meglin Studios where they discovered Shirley Temple, yes. Ethel Meglin. Yes. And so I had been tap dancing and singing. And you had mentioned, and I have mentioned the Ten Commandments. And that was one of my first movies. And I did that movie and The Night of the Hunter. Did you ever see that with yes, Robert Mitchum yes, and yes. Shelley Winters and yes. Lillian Gish? It was when it, it's one of the top 
horror films that's mm -hmm. ever been. And I was a little girl in that. But I've been acting ever since. Mm -hmm. so, and you know, you've been so lucky. Everything you do is so iconic. I mean, the Ten Commandments, Every this is something that every generation seems to know about. Now, getting to the Ten Commandments, I mean, what was that like for you back then doing even that? Did you realize what you were doing? <laughs> Well, I realized that this was a big adventure. I'm a Sagittarian. I'm always up for adventures. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like one of my first things that I did. And I was just hired for an extra. Who even knew what that was? Mm -hmm. And so I got the the makeup, cold makeup and to make me look like an, an Israeli and, and the harsh, coarse uh, garb. And so the first thing I did on the movie was, and it was so exciting. I was around animals, which I love, was to be on this wagon train and in this little wagon um, up on with a lamb next to me. And we're going out of town. We are in the Exodus scene. So we're, we're getting all set up and I heard this big voice. Yell, Don't let that little girl's face get in the camera. Mm -hmm. And I said, who's that? Is that God? because we were doing the Ten Commandments, but it didn't, it wasn't God, but it was Cecil B. DeMille. And he was um, very want to do this in his big epic movies because he wanted to mm -hmm. humanize them and make them more relatable. So they weren't just hordes of people or, or this and that, or, or the, the Red Sea closing. I have a big story about that, but I'm not going to tell you because it takes way too long. But I will tell you that the end of this one, I came... Uh, the associate producer got me, took me off of the wagon and the, the God, the cinematic deity came down from his great big crane. We talked. And then instead of being on the movie for a couple days, I was on it for six weeks. He wrote scenes into the movie with Charlton Huston and me. And so that was a wonderful wow. beginning. And do you know, it is interesting as you get a little older, I was looking back at my career and I said, you know, the things that I have done have been very classic. And I think mm -hmm. that perhaps that was a blessing for God, from God. And he says, okay, we're going to start you off on this path. You know, you do with it mm -hmm. what you want. But there mm -hmm. um, were opportunities. There were some things I didn't get. And I thought, that's a good thing. I didn't get that. But it has turned mm -hmm. out. And not that I was initiating, I'm going to do classic things. It just happened. Mm -hmm. See a classy lady doing classy, classic movies and classic I, shows. <laughs> I love you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> now, Getting the Family Affair, um, that was a show that really lived up to its name. I mean, Family Affair, it was all about family. And I'm very familiar with almost all the episodes, as I'm sure everyone is. And I mean, you as a teenager, I remember you wanted to move out and live on your own and you went. Or uh, Buffy and Jody, the two twins, learning about animals, having hamsters, having a dog. It, it was so heartwarming that those shows today are still powerful. And how do you feel about them airing today? Did you ever think 55 years later, Family Affair would still be on television? I didn't think I'd ever even be alive 55 years later. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I look at this and it really is a phenomenon because back then we had like three channels, you know, CBS, NBC, NBC ABC. and ABC. Yes. And everybody watched that. And that's one of the reasons I think those classic shows 
everybody knows because everybody watched them. Leave it to Beaver, My Three Sons, mm -hmm. Family Affair. They are in their own classic uh, TV golden era, like mm -hmm. the movie golden era. And it's, it's amazing to me that the platforms came. But I tell you, I think not only was there such a wide audience, but there was really a classic way that these shows, or especially Family Affair, was created and uh, produced and shot. Mm -hmm. Because, and we are working now on a spinoff called Aunt Sissy. And oh. I am, yeah, and I am grateful to work with the grandson of one of the creators, who is Ed Hartman, who is a wonderful writer that did My Three Sons and a wonderful movie. Yes. And so, and uh, Joe Mendelssohn, who is his name says, well, my grandpa always told me, this is what you do. You, you climb up the tree, you see what's at the top and then you slide down. Absolutely. And That's so we always started like, here's like the little problem. How are we going to solve it? We get up to the top. Oh, there's a solution. And there's the sliding down or denouement. So it was, I think that classic, first of all, story kind of line. And then it was the, the nice kind of feeling that all of us had for each other as a family. Yes. And it was a dramedy. It was not a comedy yeah. because there was this underlying triste where we were basically orphans. And this person, what do I do with three kids? And poor Mr. French, what do I do with three I, kids? I, I always remember that first episode, Buffy, sissy. <laughs> and Mr. French, I am a nanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I and, always remember It that. was that, that heartfelt comedy and that kind of realistic kind of thing sure. that was going now, on. Now, Kathy, with all your years working in Hollywood and doing all what you've done and comparing Family Affair, how do you think television today has changed? Oh, my gosh. Do you have like two days? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, there, there are so many outlets. There are so many channels. It's very difficult to even make a decision as to what you're going to watch. Mm -hmm. And because it's so widespread, anybody with a camera and, and you know, a, a ring light can make something. Sure. So um, to break through and to really touch people and to get a good following is a, a whole different way of approaching arts, approaching TV. And I think they are going now to like a, more of a novella where they have like eight episodes for a whole thing to then grasp onto the audience to make them again. And they, one of the reasons, as I understand it, why they went to some of these other platforms is because the networks weren't going to take some of the language, the violence, the sex, uh -huh. and all of that. They says, well, no, this is not a bulk of our audience, but, and so you can't do it. So the only way that they should, could get some attention was to, you know, really kind of muddy the waters or to make it more exploitive or, or to do all those things. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think that MeTV and Retro TV and these channels and Pluto and Cozy TV have uh, amassed such a, a vast audience mm -hmm. because people want, you know, some good quality shows, excellent stories, wonderful actors yes <laughs> yeah i i totally agree i do agree 
I agree. And you know, speaking of like MeTV and these stations, I just read an article not long ago. MeTV has like the highest ratings. It, it's just a blockbuster. And I mean, all these hit shows. And you know what is amazing? The younger people. Um, I mentioned to someone casually the other day that I'm having you on as guest. And this kid was nine years old and he knew who you were. See, I mean, that that is remarkable. I mean, that is really remarkable. And let me ask you this. What was life like on the set of family? For, for someone that has never been in the business, what? give a little rundown. Uh, was this a whole week it took to shoot an episode? How was all of Family Affair put together? Well, it was very unusual uh, in the way that most television shows were shot then or now mm-hmm. because it was filmed. And I love film rather than that real tough, Right. taping where they right. you know see every little flaw right <laughs> um so it was on film one um two all of our episodes were already uh, formulated and written at the start of the season and there were 36 episodes now what set it apart from a lot of the filmed shows where they might do it like you know one show in three days mm. um this show and it was very smart of our producer Don Federson, who had created along with Ed Hartman, My Three Sons, mm-hmm. that television was really coming into its own and movie stars did not deign to do, you know, TV on that <laughs> right. little screen. Right. So in order to lure one of the movie stars to come and do the TV show, Don Federson made an agreement with Fred McMurray and then that worked really well. So he tried that on Glenn Ford for Family Affair Glenn said, no, I'm not doing TV. <laughs> so then Brian, who is really a family man, as, as macho guy as he is, so mm-hmm. he says, look, he says, you come, you only have to work for like 60 days, and then you're free to go do your movies. Mm-hmm. Not only that, and Lucille Ball started this, and Don Federson started this, you will get a piece of the show. Well, oh. those were very big lures. So what did that mean to us who were actually shooting it? That meant, and we had all the episodes already written, we would be doing scenes from maybe three different shows in one day because we were shooting all the parts that Brian was in. So Brian Keith could then be out after his two months. And then we would pick up all the other scenes. It was a oh, script, a script supervisor's nightmare. I can imagine. Oh, my yeah. Lord. So it was not shot in sequence at all. It was you guys were just all over the place. I was always amazed when I would t- turn on the, the TV and then I finally saw an episode. Oh, is that what we were doing? And how oh, they pieced yeah, it then yeah. finally together. And, and, and I know many because I've talked to a lot of actors and I know in the business when they shoot shows, they always say, will there really be an episode on TV? Yeah, because the way it's done, it looks like this is going to be one big mess. And it is amazing how everything comes out. Now, what was it like for you working? You were very young, of course, yourself, but working with the two little children, Johnny Whitaker and Anissa Jones. I mean, they were what, five, six at the time. Uh, What was it like working with them? And how were they on the set? Well, uh, Johnny was six and Anissa was just a couple years older. And I am often called the workhorse of the show because here I was over 18. And so I could work like, you know, from eight hours, 10 hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the kids could only work like eight hours and uh, an hour for lunch and three hours had to be spent in school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
four from eight, they could really only work four hours. Sebastian had some medical problems and Brian, you know, would get in and, and get out and do his thing. So it, I was essentially carrying the show in, in the fact that I was there and I, I might be there at 6.30 in the morning getting on my makeup and then leave at 6.30 at night after I picked up a, a couple close-ups I'd done at the beginning of the, the day. Wow, unbelievable. Now, speaking of Sebastian Cabot, what was he like? I mean, you know, was he the Mr. French in real life? You know, I would always laugh when he'd say, madam. (laughs) (laughs) He he actually wasn't. Um, His, on, on two different levels, like for his acting style, and he was from England, he just, he had a little problem learning the lines, but he would learn them absolutely precisely and go over them during the weekend, come back and do it with his script supervisor. Mm-hmm. Brian, on the other hand, came from a much more Stanislavskian method and it was like moment to moment. And so, so, okay, what, what, what do we have today? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, let's go. So it was a nice dynamic, really, mm-hmm. that happened. But I went to Sebastian's house a couple of times and, you know, he's wearing sweats and come on in, come on in. Oh, my God. You yeah, would we're, never we're going to have quite a nice time, but he was not formal. Wow. I would never picture Sebastian in sweats. <laughs> yeah. It was a sight. <laughs> oh, God. He's probably right now up above yelling. <laughs> Yay. It's okay, Savvy. Now, let me ask you this, Kathy, when the show ended, uh, as you know, uh, Anissa, of course, passed away, drugs and all of that. How um, did you remain so grounded? I mean, your life is fabulous and all what you've done. Was it good parental support, good backing? Uh, I, I read today you grew up Catholic. Did your religion play a part in it? What kept you where you're at today? All of the above. Oh. Um, I, <laughs> I, I had wonderful parents mm-hmm. and they saved all of my money. They did not use me as their personal bank and, right. and took it out for the other members of the family or for their own use or as managers. Um, so I had all my money and learned fiscal responsibility along with it. And I had an education. I graduated from UCLA with a degree in speech and then went back for a degree in ma- a master's degree in theater arts. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things kept me grounded. Um, I'm very practical. I was just doing a thing for ancestry. And so I'm, I'm Swiss and Austrian along with French and, and Irish. So I'm mm-hmm. practical, um, but I, I never took drugs. Mm-hmm. And did you, and obviously- I do drink wine right. on occasion. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I lived in San Francisco, you know, for 38 years or right to Napa. So I, right. I, I drink wine, uh, you know, I, I occasionally or on, you know, whatever, but I never took drugs. Sure. And now, I really and I think that's it. really the thing that saved me. Now, what about like the Hollywood life? Did you obviously keep away from that too? You just did your work and went home or, I mean, you know, the parties, the whatever, I love the parties and it went disco, you know, to the discos and I loved okay. to dance and, and that was really fun in the sixties. And, yeah. um, I'm a party girl, but the thing is I don't take drugs. And right. I think if I wasn't so crazy that I, maybe I would have been tempted, but 
I am, I don't need any more enhancement of the things that I see. I don't need any more energy. I don't, right. you know, it's, it's just, I, I have, you know, I, I have God. Ex also, I say, I have God. Exactly. And so exactly. that's, that's a, that's a really, really yes. big help. Now tell us when Family Affair ended, you did some commercials, your voice was in movies. Tell us a little, how did that come about? Because, you know, some actors, as you know, a show ends and it's like, where are they? That has never been the case with you. You're still there. So how did all of that come about? I mean, obviously you have, did you get calls or have you just been pursuing this or what? Well, I actually outlined that in my book, uh, Surviving Sissy. Oh, and, and I, I, I have say, to tell you, I love the title. I love the title. <laughs> yes. Hello. Um, this is coming back in, out in paperback. It was out in hardcover like five years ago, and it was very, it was a very big seller. And it's still actually out in paperback, but they they are bringing it out in uh, in, in hardcover. They're bringing it out in paperback because of the. Um, the uh, anniversary, but in there, I, it's it's like it has a simile of making a quilt, you know, and and, and sewing my life together, mm -hmm. and and I'm still working on my quilt. Mm -hmm. But when it, the show was was over, I said, well, what'll I do now? It just so happens that I had some friends, and uh, actually, Danny Benoff and uh, the the fellow that started the the. Uh, the, the the power rangers and they were in israel and so they had the idea to do a family affair stage presentation called Hamishpakashikazot. and wow. <laughs> this was going to be with uncle bill and mr french and me and the little kids but i was the i was the only one that went and johnny was invited but they were having strife there with <laughs> which they always are but i'm the adventurer so i went over there and we did this uh family affair presentation in Hebrew and as you know I'm Catholic so I learned it all phonetically and it was really fun and then I said well I'm over here I might as well go see what's happening on this side of the water so I went to England and I went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art so then I came back and said okay what am I going to do now so I did stage plays all over that was a time of dinner theaters so I did all of that whole dinner theater circuit. Then I came back and said, well, now what, what am I going to do now? And so my agent asked me to go on a voiceover commercial. I said, uh -huh. what's that? What's a voiceover? Never been on one, but that first thing just expanded into a great big voiceover uh, career for me. And I've like recorded 80 audio books and gotten four audio awards. I've done five animated series. I taught voiceover for like 20 years wow. and did voiceover commercials and, and all of that. Yeah. And tell us now, getting back to the books, besides Surviving Sissy, you wrote a few other books. One is called The Family Affair Cookbook. Uh, is this Mr. French's recipes or what? <laughs> well, actually, that was my first book. The Family Affair Cookbook. I love to cook. I love to eat. So I thought that would be a good combination. Mm -hmm. And uh, so each character has his or her own, her own chapter. And so Mr. French had gourmet meals and the kids, Buffy and Jody have easy <laughs> recipes. I have sissy sizzles. And oh. then Brian has uh, potent potables about how to make like cocktails. And then it had like um, a catch up of what happened to everybody. 
Mm -hmm. And let me ask you too, uh, getting back again to the show, Family Affair, what was one of your favorite episodes? I will tell you mine, but what was yours? <laughs> I, mine was Waltz from Vienna. And this was, I'm, I'm Austrian in the uh -huh. first place. And this was a, a romantic one for a sissy. This was, I think, the fourth year. And uh, he was going to ask me to marry him. And I wore these beautiful gowns. And uh, it was just so much very familiar this fantasy. <laughs> but for sissy, that's what it turned out to be, a fantasy. And it wasn't. My yeah, my favorite episode was when you were drawing the characters of Mr. French and you, that was my favorite episode. I always laughed every time I saw it. Taking things off of my wall. And oh the caricatures my. of Mr. French and, oh and Uncle my. Bill and Buffy and Jody and Sissy. Oh my God. Wearing my sweatpants under my nice blouse. Oh, do you have a lot of memorabilia around your home from the show? Well, so one of the books that I'm doing this uh, year is Family Affair, a pictorial scrapbook. Oh, and in order to I'm do that, I it. gathered all my memorabilia and I put it together. And so that's all going into the book. And then I'm going to have a museum exhibit. And it's all coinciding too, again, with the celebratory year. Wow. Well, let me ask you also, Kathy, besides still what you're doing, what would the future hold for Kathy Garver? I mean, what do you have any idea or do you take it day by day? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. Um, I, I just got back from a Comic-Con. I'm going to a festival next weekend and I have a movie coming out this year that we're just finishing up, Old Man Jackson. Then I'm doing another movie called Run Through with Chris Knight and Larry Thomas, no soup for you. Oh, he's so much fun. And uh, I'm doing another movie. Um, I sold um, with my partner, Julie Matthews. We sold uh, a movie to, uh, I mean, a TV show to Retro TV called Idle Chat. And I'll host that along with Susan Antone. Oh. And uh, so working uh, right, right along, we have TV dinners. And then of course the spinoff of Family Affair that we're working on, Warner Brothers has right now. Wow. So there's lots of stuff. Yeah, so you wonder why your husband asks you, how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> and when are you going to put that suitcase away that I tripped over? <laughs> I said, soon, honey, 7.30 Pacific really? Standard Time, I'm going to put away that suitcase. <laughs> now, tell us again about the books. Anyone interested in buying them, where can they find all of your books at? They can go to my website, which is, strangely enough, kathygarver.com. Kathy. And they can like me on my Facebook page. They can also get the books on Amazon. They're all on Amazon and uh, Bear Manor Media. So Bear Manor Media. Yeah, B E A R. Oh, Bear, Bear Manor. M A N O R. Bear Manor Media. Oh. And so they can get them there. If they want them autographed, they can go to my website and I can autograph them. That's okay. where. Well, Kathy, uh, it has been a pleasure. Remarkable. You have had a wonderful life and you still have a bright, bright future ahead of you. And knowing you, the Academy Award is probably waiting somewhere in the wings. Well, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> and, and you are and a you delight, know, Mark. Yes. So much energy and fun. Thank oh, you. Yes. And you know, at being persistent and all, don't you think that is what makes you a success in the business? Oh my and goodness. Life in yes. general. It is perseverance. I, you're you're constantly turned down, turned down, turned down, and then something comes up. It's sure. just keep with it, persevere. You bet. Sure. Well, Kathy, thank you and much continued success. Thank you so much, Mark.